Well, good morning, Resurrection Presbyterian Church and anyone else who may be joining us online. I'm Jared Bryant, the pastor of Resurrection. And as we see the impact of this global pandemic continuing to grow around us, and as our eyes are open in new ways to racial injustice, and as we see uncertainty, fear, and anger continuing to grow, we're asking the question together, what kind of people bring hope and healing to the world around us? Uh, What kind of people are we, the church, as God's people called to be for the good of our neighbors? And while all that's going on is difficult and scary in so many ways, this is also a powerful opportunity for the church to be the church. And so it begs the question during this season, what do we want God to do? Uh, What do we want God to do in us What do we want to see God do in our world? And this is really what Jesus is asking us this morning in a different way. What are you hungry for? What are you thirsty for? What do you want? In the first Harry Potter book, there's a point where Harry stumbles across a mirror called the the Mirror of Irsid. And as he looks into it, he's completely caught off guard because he sees much more than just himself looking back. He sees his family, which he's never met, his parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, gathering around him, waving with big smiles. And when he shows his, his friend Ron the mirror, and when Ron looks into it, he sees something very different. He doesn't see his own family, but what he sees is himself holding up all of these trophies and, and standing out and rising above all of his brothers and sisters and achievements. And Harry doesn't quite understand how the mirror works or what it does, but he's drawn to it and what it reveals. And for many nights in a row, he goes back by himself to just look in and see this family that he's never met before until one night the headmaster finds him and Harry learns the true nature of the mirror that what it does is it shows you the deepest and truest desires of your heart, which for him was this longing to see his family and to be a part of a family. If you were to look into this mirror, what would you see? In other words, what is it that you really want? This is a question that Jesus himself asked on a number of occasions when people came to him for help. Part of being made in the image of God means that we have desires, that we are not robots, that our lives are not guided by these long codes of ones and zeros like a computer. Our our lives are guided by our longings, by what we think is valuable. And what is clear in the scriptures is that there are some desires that lead to life and there are some desires that lead to death. And now we have to remember that God is the one who designed us out of his goodness and wisdom and love. And so he knows which way is best. He knows which way leads to life. And he's not trying to hide it from us. It's not like we're this mouse that's an amazed and an amazing God is trying to see if we can find our way to the cheese and also avoid getting squashed in a trap. The Beatitudes 
these short statements about the blessed life is, is Jesus saying loud and clear, this is the way. And today, he tells us what the true object of our desires should be. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So one of my least favorite days in the whole year is our church-wide day of fasting that takes place during Lent. And that may sound strange, and I'm all about the different spiritual practices that help us grow, but fasting is by far my least favorite because I just, I don't like to be hungry. It's not a pleasant experience. It's painful. I get easily irritated and moody. I'm hangry, and I spend most of the time thinking, not these great spiritual thoughts, but just about how much I want to be full. But there's a wisdom in fasting and that there's a reason why God gave us this practice. And it's not to lose weight or to test or win spiritual awards, but it's really to remind us that we are to be hungry and thirsty people all the time and to help us to live that way. But it's a specific kind of hungering and thirsting, a specific kind of longing and desire that we are meant to have and that we are meant to to feel. Blessed are those, Jesus says, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, righteousness is not a word that we use a lot, but it's actually one of the biggest concepts in scripture. We see it page after page in both the Old Testaments and the New Testaments. And what we see is that righteousness is both an attribute and an action. So as an attribute, to be righteous means to be good, to be upright, to be virtuous, to be just. It's about who we are. But righteousness as an action to pursue righteousness is to act or to work to make what is wrong right, to pursue justice. And so righteousness is something that God is, and righteousness is something that God pursues, And righteous is something that we are to be. And righteousness is also something that we are to pursue. But righteousness as an attribute and as an action are not really two separate categories. They're all knotted together because righteous people pursue righteousness. Good people pursue goodness. Just people pursue justice. And so when Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, there are are, are two types of longing that are all mixed together. A longing to see a certain change inside of us and a longing to see a certain kind of change in our world. It's a longing that says we want the world to be better and I want to be better for the world. So the blessed life that we all long for and that we spend our lives looking for is not found somewhere else. There's so many different places our desires can land on, things that we can pursue. But there is this thing where Jesus says, this is what will satisfy. Which brings us back to our original question. What is it that you want? What is it that we want? What are you hungry for? What are you thirsty for? What are the things that fill up your longings and your daydreamings and the the things you want to be different inside of you and in our world? And when I think about that question, what are you hungry and thirsty for? I can't help but go back to 
the quote many of us heard have heard from C.S. Lewis. And, and I share it again because it's something that, that I think about often and then I need to hear again. In his essay, The Weight of Glory, he writes about our deepest desires and he says, uh, because our, our, our tendency is often to just try to squash our desires and just live these lives of kind of rote obedience. But C.S. Lewis says it would find that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. We're like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by an offer of a holiday or a vacation at the ocean. We are far too easily pleased. When I was growing up, we'd often go to a friend's house of my parents for Thanksgiving, and there were lots of people there, and they brought lots of food, and they spent the whole afternoon preparing for this huge feast together. Uh, but we always had to wait a long time for this, and on the table, there was this bowl of M&Ms that would always be out for people to snack on. And for me, as a kid, I'm hungry, here's food, and this tastes really good. But what happened, as you can imagine, is the more I nibbled on these, these little chocolate sugary treats, the less hungry I was for a great feast. I wasn't full in a satisfied kind of way, but I also wasn't hungry anymore. The more I snacked, the less I looked forward to and hungered really for this upcoming feast. When Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, he's not only guiding our desires, but he's also trying to guard them as well. In other words, underneath this is a challenging question saying, why, why don't we hunger and thirst for righteousness? Why, why don't we ache for it? Why don't we long for it? Why don't we spend our lives pursuing it? And why doesn't it consume so much of our prayers? In other words, what are we snacking on that keeps us from longing for this great feast? And Jesus, this is not in an accusatory way, but in a way that is guiding us to life because in Jesus's own words where your treasure is there will be your heart also cultivating a hunger and thirst for righteousness often means fasting and saying no to other substitutes that simply will not satisfy it's looking to those M&Ms on the table and saying, as good as you taste and as much as I want you, I'm going to say no because there is a greater feast that will be more filling. Because here, here is the promise that Jesus gives. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And the same word satisfied, it's used in the story we're familiar with of Jesus feeding the 5,000, where these few fish and these few loaves of bread were multiplied and everyone ate their full, so much that there were baskets left over. Nobody wanted more. Everyone was stuffed. And that's what Jesus is talking about, for they shall be stuffed. They shall be full. They shall be satisfied. And one day this, this king will come, the kingdom will come in fullness and all that is wrong in the world will be made right and we'll be stuffed. We won't hunger and thirst and long for this righteousness, whether it's in us or in the world, because it'll be given in fullness. But how do we live here and now as a people who are called to, to love and give our life to a world that's filled with unrighteousness? 
And, and the only way we will give of ourselves to a world that is filled with injustice and unrighteousness is to know and experience God giving his love and his life for us in our own unrighteousness and in our own injustice. In the words of the Apostle Peter, Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous in order to bring us back to God. Or as Paul says that we had in our assurance of grace this morning, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will will anyone die for a righteous person, though per, perhaps for a good person someone might even dare to die. But here's how God demonstrates his own love. He does it in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we know, when we really know this kind of love, this kind of grace, the price that was paid for us when we were at our worst, we can't help but want to see and relate to the world in a completely different way. We can't help but love the world at its worst because that's what God has done for us. And to pursue the good of the world because that is what God has done for us at great cost to himself. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. May it be so for us and more. Amen. Love you all so much. I miss you. You're on my heart, in my prayers, blessings in Christ. Amen.